Around the curve of the hill ahead of us, we had our first view of the men approaching from that direction. I sent my Adesians forward and turned back with the Aetolians and my mounted force, leaving our pack train with supplies in the middle. It was my first battle. It was exhilarating and terrifying and sickening. This is just like when I lose at risk. Hello, condescending would-be conquerors. I'm Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's December 13th, 2020. Today, Conspiracy Chapter 17, in which Sophos relaxes in a tent, nervously experiences his first battle, and relaxes in a villa, angrily. He's really king now. He's doing, he's doing kingly things. He's leading a significant amount of people. And he's really starting to see some of the, the worst consequences. He has a scene in this chapter where he's confronted with all of the dead bodies who are his responsibility. He says, These are my dead, all of them. The battle hadn't been unanticipated or forced on me, as the raid in the villa had been. I had chosen it. These men, Edesian and Sunesian alike, had died for my decisions. Yikes. But he's also seeing some of the potential benefits of being king or, or the good that he can do. He's thinking about how he can be a patron of the arts and maybe found his own university. And that gave him something something to think about besides war. Mm -hmm. And how that, you know, a merchant's life would change if he had the opportunity to provide the king with soap. Something that simple. Yeah, he's become somebody who every decision that he makes is going to change lives for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of him founding his own university. That is a great fic opportunity right there. Yeah. Especially because, like, they always talk about the university in Feria, the university in Feria. That's the seat of culture. But now, maybe, things will shift. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, the university and culture, uh, when he gets to Bermidius, Bermidius, whatever, at the end of this chapter... All of his papers and his writing supplies and his books are taken away from him. Um, and he says, oh, and he's he's allowed to have Edith's love letter back when Angra Tanesh says, like, as long as there's no secret messages in here. Uh, and Sophos narrates, what a strange world it is when prisoners are left their weapons and the written word is a mortal danger. Because they left him the literal weapons. He could kill anyone walking through the door if he wanted to, but... Also, it didn't even occur to Sophos that there would be a secret message, or that anyone sus or that anyone would suspect that there would be a secret message in the letter. <laughs> what secret message could possibly be in a half-page love letter? Even though you totally could. But to Sophos, that's just a simple thing. He's not thinking in those terms. Yeah. And her next one is, so like... But it's, it's great that he doesn't think that, because they... Sophos is such a bad liar, and the fact that that hadn't occurred to him shows on his face, which is why they believe him, mm -hmm. because that's clearly genuine. Yeah. And I like that Sophos, this part of his personality, is in such a contrast to Jen in this way. Mm -hmm. I am not Jen. I cannot tell a convincing lie. But his honesty, it, it serves him well. This made me think of Costas, too, because that's one of Costas's traits that Kamet and Jen mentioned, like, you know, you can see whatever Costas is thinking, or whatever. 
he's honest, not mm-hmm. stupid. So I, it's too bad that we never got to see Costas and Sophos together because I think they would get along. Yeah. They have that in common. <laughs> I feel like there's something that's different about them or like about where that comes from for each of them, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. What comes to mind for me is, I don't know, Jen lies because he has an agenda, he has things to pull over other people, he has goals, but... And because he thinks it's funny. Yeah. And it's more like... I'm not saying he doesn't have morals, but I think Costas and Sophos, their honesty is more tied to, like, a, a different view of the world, I guess. Like Sophos, Sophos narrates in this chapter, I wanted too much to believe that there had, there had to be a better way to lead people than through intimidation. Mm. Like Sophos is still, I don't know. I think he has a rosier view of the world than Jen. He's much less cynical at this point. And Jen also he lies as an emotional defense. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sophos, I feel like Sophos because he is so honest, he feels very vulnerable. Yes. But Sophos, even though he's emotionally honest, he's not always emotionally aware. Mm-hmm. Like there are there are multiple times in this book where he expresses something that he's not aware that he's expressing. Whereas I think that I don't think that that's true for Costas. I would say Costas does have moments of like I don't know that we would call this honesty exactly, but you know he gets so emotional he just blacks out in punches the king in the face or whatever <laughs> true you know true. those moments but it comes from is... like comes from a great sense of decency in costas yeah you know and he has no no trouble vocalizing that and talking about it yeah costas has to right wrongs which i mean sophos sophos does talk about these morals also yeah i don't know the magus says in this chapter to sophos your uncle in all the years i saw him rule Never had a moment of self-doubt. Never a regret for a single life lost. Do you understand? And Sophos narrates, I understood that I didn't want to be my uncle. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jen, Jen, Jen is in a lot more doubt about that. We talk about wondering how old Jen is and how old Irene is, but how old is Costas? Yeah, we get that sentence... At the King of Atolia, the beginning, where he says, he narrates, like, oh, the father of the people was younger than Costas was himself, and Costas was very young to be a squad leader. Mm. I don't I don't know what that means, though. <laughs> like, but I definitely think of Costas as being young, but an adult. Like, I don't know, if we could, if we could, if we could guess. Also, uh, King of Atolia says... Tileus let Costas into the guard a year before the age limit, so his skills wouldn't be wasted. And then I think in Thick of Thieves, Kamet says that Costas was his own age or maybe younger. So Kamet mm-hmm. might be the oldest out of all of them except for Edis and Atolia. There's all these little hints that, you know, the the battle was supposed to go this way. Sunus told the Atolians, you run at this point. You retreat at this point. We find out later, but there's a bunch of little hints. Like it says right there, the Atolians appeared disorganized. Yeah. But it was planned. 
But I like that even in this plan, they made sure to be true to their country army's reputations. Like it, it wouldn't <laughs> have done to have the Aetolians look just as cunning as the Edesians, because the Edesians are known to be better. The Edesians being, uh, like big scary guys from the mountains who have nothing to do except for train how to kill each other is something that I love so much. That's actually something they can be so personal. (laughs) (laughs) The fact that Jen absolutely destroys the Aetolian guard in sparring and then later when the uh, he does the trial thing with the Adesians. It's great. It's a good time. And uh, Megan Wayland Turner is using Sophos's honesty to trick us yet again because we think this isn't Jen so we don't have anything to worry about in terms of the narrator being unreliable but as we've learned in rereading this book Sophos is an unreliable narrator and here there's a lot we don't uh know yet about what's going on and I think just like in the thief we can assume he's telling this first person account to Helen again and she already knows the outcome so he says in here as you know we didn't get as far as Bermudius and Sophos says I could only be honest and so what I expressed was that I was frustrated to be a captive which was true um which is funny because he says like I'm not Jen I can't tell a convincing lie but I feel like Jen also does that same thing where he he uses his honest feelings to to misdirect mm-hmm. it makes me think of when jen is losing to the meat ambassador oh yeah in order to learn about him mm-hmm. and he appears so frustrated at losing and we were thinking about like that's even though this is his plan it's probably genuine frustration like it's not fun to lose over and over and have a guy look at you smugly thinking that he's bested you i never made that connection before yeah this is the same thing yeah just with a different smug meat guy (laughs) (laughs) and another reason for him to be frustrated is he's there to find his mother and sisters and can't Mm. and something else i i wanted to say about that is it it does It does take him a while to realize they might not even be there, but that's not as weird as you might think. Because in this chapter, he meets Prometheus' wife when he gets there, and then he narrates that he never sees her again. So Mm. it's clearly uh, possible for there to be other people in the Megaroner villa or whatever that he will Mm -hmm. just never run into. Sofa sulks in the bath. I like that. Gonna uh, soak in this lush bath bomb, but angrily. <laughs> and somebody comes in and is inspecting all of his stuff. And that person looks in the box with the gun and then looks underneath the divider at the second gift. Uh, and doesn't say anything about it and closes it again and leaves. And Sofa's thinking about how he he has not yet looked. And I think it's so cool and interesting that he has not looked yet. Mm-hmm. He wants to continue to believe in the potential of a solution. Yeah. Jen's magic answer. But I think part of him knows that nothing under that divider is going to solve it. It's it's still going to be that he has to do it 
And Ion Nominus appears here for the first time. Hmm. Let's keep an eye on that guy. Read this with a close eye after Return of the Thief. I like that there are two people with the same name. I was just about to say that. Because it happens all the time in real life, but never in books because people think it would be too confusing. Yeah. And and Sophos, he, uh, he asks for this new Ion's family name and says, okay, I'll call you that. Because he doesn't, he doesn't want to call him Ion. Because he was emotionally attached to Ion. Edith sent him a love letter. And he talks about how he read it over and over until he had it memorized. He straight up describes it as a love letter. That's what it is. There's no, there's no question about it. And he's, he's telling the story to her as well. And before, like in the previous first person section, he was so reticent to reference her and now that he's seen her again uh now he's 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 talking about his own feelings and that's really nice and i wish that i knew the content of that letter i know another fic opportunity (sighs) pistolary get on it people and i love that even though he has the contents memorized of course, he still wants the physical letter back because mm-hmm. she wrote it and she held it. And, oh. and they take it away and then they give it back, which is just such a a, a power show. Mm. I'm so glad he gets to shoot this guy. It's got to be nice, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's some wish fulfillment right there. Mm-hmm. Is he the only character who who dies by getting shot? I don't think he dies. Oh, yeah, he doesn't even die. Yeah. Oh no, Hanactos gets shot. Hanactos gets shot. I feel like <laughs> most of the time in these books, guns miss. And the gun, I feel like I want to ascribe some sort of significance to the fact that Jen is uh, an excellent swordsman and we associate Sophos with guns. And I don't know what... I want to find a symbol there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll think of it later on. Food for we get to more of the more of the gun content. <laughs> we have mounted combat in this chapter. That's cool. Even though he falls off his horse on purpose, falling off your horse during a battle uh, be a seems very dangerous. Yes. He says that even though he had had all those new sword lessons with that guy, it's of no use to him on horseback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's chapter 17. Next time, some light, polite dinner conversation. Send us your comments, questions, and thoughts. Chime in at atolianarchives.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. Thank you for listening. This has been an amateur embroidery production. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are available.
You're telling me the Princess Bride is a lie? <laughs> the Princess Bride lied to me? 